Hello and welcome to the Essential B2B Podcast. My name is Joe Ducaro, I'm your host. This episode is the audio taken from our webinar, How to Turn No-Shows into Sales. I was joined by some truly brilliant guests and we had an amazing conversation all about no-shows. I think you're going to get loads out of this episode. It's a great listen. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to this Lead Forensics webinar. I am Brand Awareness Manager and webinar host, Joe Ducaro. Uh, joining us for this webinar entitled How to Turn No-Shows into Sales, are uh, an expert panel of guests. We have Alison Edgar, MBE, author of Smash It, The Art of Getting What You Want, and Chief Smasher at Smash It Training. <laughs> Hello, Alison. Hi. Uh, we are joined by Will Aitken in quite possibly the coolest room I've ever seen. Will is head sales evangelist at SalesFeed. Hi, Will. Good day, Joe. Thank you. Uh, we have Chris Murray, who is author of Five Point Prospecting and Selling with Ease and founder of Lucrum House Group. Hi, Hello, guys. Chris. And returning guest, Tyler Witt, sales leader at Lead Forensics. Great to have you back, Tyler. Great to be here. So I think we'll, um, we'll be using the, the questions function uh, to take questions from the audience. This can be found at the top right of the screen. Uh, there are quite a few guests, you know, there's going to be quite a lot of chat on this one. I think it's going to be a very, very popular topic. So we may not get time, but do pop them in anyway. If we've got some time at the end, we'll jump onto those ones. So let's get started. I think we'll go for a, a sort of a round robin for the first question. So uh, I'm going to start with you, Alison, if that's OK. Do you think that the pandemic has affected no shows? And have you seen an increase or decrease with people feeling that Zoom fatigue at all? I think the answer to the first question is yes, I think it has, because I think if you look specifically at things like face to face meetings or actually having those conversations, it's easier now to duck out and it's easier for people to use COVID as an excuse to to oh dear, I was busy. And I'm not saying that it's not a, a genuine excuse in a lot of cases, but for a lot of people, I think, you know, as soon as you use that C word, then, you know, you give you give yourself a little bit of a leeway. You can't really come down too hard on it. Um and then Zoom fatigue for sure. Um, I mean, now I'm sort of back doing most stuff face to face. But I think even during the pandemic where you would have done like a whole day face to face, you really couldn't hold people's attention for more than a couple of hours. So uh, I think there has definitely been, you know, there was a big shift. But I think the shift is coming back again to less Zooms. But I do think actually the Zoom style of selling and appointment making and conversation is great because it's such a hybrid way of actually seeing someone face to face but without having to lose that travel time so yeah that's my thoughts absolutely I think I think you're absolutely right on the yeah with the, certainly zoom fatigue I wasn't in an office job um at the time of the pandemic but even I at that point it would get to the evening and someone goes should we do a zoom quiz and you go, no <laughs> Definitely not. That's not what I want to do right now. Uh, Will, your thoughts? Has the pandemic affected you know shows? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's 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 certainly impacted them. In a, in a there's more no shows for sure. Virtual sales is is pretty much the norm now, especially where I'm based in North America, and there's very little accountability for someone to not show up to a meeting. Um, in face to face, if you're in a, uh, you normally might see that person again. There's really no consequence to just canceling the meeting if you don't see the value in it or you're too tired or so more important came up and it's incredibly easy to do. Um, so, yes, I certainly would say there are there are a lot more no shows these days than there were before. And uh, Chris, similar story for you, is it? 
Yeah, I I get the feeling that um, very much like emails, as email being the easy option, it's the easiest thing to delete, you know. And um, and o over the course of the last two years, because it became so so normal and so easy that certainly the Zoom meeting etiquette went out of the window a wee bit. I mean, you know, you can five minutes late is not unusual for a Zoom meeting because people just sort of like, well, you know, it's just a Zoom meeting. And I don't know when that happened because when we first went into lockdown, everybody was like going, we can work from home. Look at this, this new technology. Everybody just jumped on it. And uh, yeah, I, I think in, in very much the same way that, that people can, can ignore your communication with regards to email so easily, that uh, it's very easy to cancel an online meeting because it doesn't feel real. And uh, uh, Tyler, thoughts on this one? Yeah, I really like what Chris just said there. That's a good way to put it is the etiquette went out the window. Like as somebody who's basically been selling virtually for um, well longer than I'm going to say on this call because I don't want to age myself too much, but but <laughs> doing it for a while, like I haven't had face-to-face -face in you know probably a decade and I've been doing you know phone calls, virtual meetings, this, that, and the other. Um, I think that was the biggest thing was that etiquette because before people would, they would kind of showcase the same mannerisms, right? Politeness that they would face to face, even over the phone. So they'd still would email you, hey, I'm running a bit late or, you know, those kind of things, which you just do to be kind to another human being. With COVID, yeah, it just became the norm. And when something becomes the norm, people don't care about it as much. So you, you get a lot more of, yeah, people being late to meetings. I, I don't think it's my bottom line number of the show rate hasn't changed, but the behavior of the people I'm speaking with have absolutely changed. Just like, yeah, they don't tell you when they're going to be late. Um, they'll, you know, like eating lunches, that kind of stuff. You would have never seen that three, four years ago. Uh, and you see it now all, all of the time. Um, and it, so it's hard to, you know, grab, it's harder to grab people's attention even once they're on there. Absolutely. absolutely. So, um, so Chris, to, to go back to something you were saying, and you mentioned about, you know, being, five minutes late was you know in the before times it just wasn't an accepted thing so how long do you give it before you class an appointment as a no as a no show is it a case of well it may, perhaps it's you know five minutes late no show or is it you know here i am 30 minutes later still waiting still waiting what what's the what's your cutoff do you say well i i I'm going to flip to the other side, though, is that customers can, can be terribly rude. I, I, I agree completely with what you're saying there, Tally. Nobody ever used to take a burrito into a live meeting, did they? You know, it's a, I, don't, I don't know when that happened. But, uh, yeah, I, I, five minutes late is, 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 is common. Uh, Ten minutes late is, is fairly common. And I, I remember way back in the day, sometime in the 90s, when I, when I was produ uh, presenting a, a, a brand-new product, that uh, there was one buyer waiting sort of five minutes before my allotted time and then she said that she could talk to me in the foyer when she was on her way to lunch and I remember saying you know I, I, I could probably give you a really good rendition of the old uh, the old testament in five minutes but this product's probably going to take a wee bit longer and, and I the, people expect you to be able to do stuff like that online really quickly here's the thing though because I, I I'm going to flip this I, I think salespeople have got to take some responsibility and accountability you know if um <laughs> You, 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 there are ways of herding cats. There are ways of doing things uh, so that things happen for you. And I think you've got to understand what you're responsible for as the salesperson in the room. It's like being the parent of a five-year-old. If um, if a five-year-old didn't wake up in time to go to school, it wouldn't be the five-year-old's fault. There's a responsible adult in charge, you know. And I think 
if uh, either your meeting's turning up or not, um, you should have put some things in place to recognise whether that's going to happen or not. And if you can take that responsibility, I mean, you know, complete no-shows, apart from anything else, and I'll come on to this later on, are possibly um, a sign of a bad qualification process. But if, um, if, if somebody is worth pursuing and they need what you've got, then it's, it's your duty to make sure that they don't forget, that they've remembered or they reschedule. So you you all sort of as you as soon as you said that, Chris, as soon as you said, oh, you know, it's a bad qualification, all of you just went, mm-hmm. So <laughs> I think this is something that's shared about everyone. Alison, can you speak a bit more on that one for us? Yeah, I think bad it's interesting because um I would say a lot of that time is a bad qualification. And I I've got like points to add later on about the age of buyers as well. Like decision makers are getting younger and how the um, interact with people and how they want to interact with people is completely different now than it was previously. So I think, you know, we look at cu the culture behind it, things like, so again, like, let's look at online dating, Chris, not us, we're not dating. But if you look at things like Tinder and all the rest of it, you might speak to somebody a couple of times and then you ghost them. And that's where I think, again, that's actually linked to poor qualification, because actually, as, as humans, we don't really like to say no. We don't really like to hurt somebody's feelings. And that's what we see. Not that I am online dating. I have been married for 25 years. But, you know, we see that a lot. And and even like things like like my young team, they see a number that's coming in. Oh, don't recognize that number. Won't be answering it. So, again, that culture has changed. And so has the age of a decision maker. So I think that a lot of the old school stuff that would go as the normal isn't the normal anymore because the age of the seller and the age of the buyer are like it's a different generation so I think that like back in the day you'd have had a really strong qualified call you would have had a really good calendar invite you know you would have already set the agenda for that you'd have a 15 minute reminder for me I, I don't even wait for five minutes two minutes and I'm emailing them have you got the link okay everything okay and I'm on that and literally that works but I think the reason that I don't have a huge no-show rate is a I'm, I'm selling myself so I've already qualified it I'm ready sort of pretty much in there but b it's tight it's really tight and again I think that comes back from old school specifically you know in field sales we, we would call it the blowout or the no-show and actually I very rarely had those even back in the day because it was really tight everybody had an agenda they'd accepted the agenda they knew what the purpose of the call was they knew what the output for them was they knew what the output for me was they knew what the expectation was so they were going into that with full knowledge um, whereas I think a lot of the times people don't know and you know, I'll come on to this later that I've got an example of something I didn't know show but I really wish that I had of because it was so badly qualified and it was a half an hour of my life I cannot get back so um, I think that's where that sort of fits in that a lot of that isn't qualified properly. So it, it's almost a case of you know adapting to what the the culture is doing, and then perhaps you know throughout the and actually something you you mentioned there. As soon as you started saying, it, I knew exactly where it was going because you know Tyler, I don't mind aging myself. I'm nearly thirty, and uh, there's you know I know. <laughs> well, people, if I was only nearly thirty, I wouldn't mind aging myself either. Let's just say that. <laughs> but uh, to, to your point, Alison, there are people my age, people like in you know the same age as me who they're scared when a phone rings well, yeah. just, you know, just answer it what's the worst that can happen but um yeah no i think i think it's a it's an excellent point that point that you raise about that so um 
So well, the worst thing could start. happen, Joe, it might even be a salesperson trying to sell them something. Damn it! Oh, how did no. you want an option with that? <laughs> oh no, it's Lee Forensics on the phone again. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Will, you sort of, as Alison was answering, you you put you clasped your hands together in sort of a sage Jedi way, which is fitting for your background. Um, <laughs> what is your what's your process on responding to no shows? Yeah. So ideally, you've put in enough preventative measures and set a great agenda, and we'll get on some of those things later to make sure the no-show doesn't happen. But even the best meetings are still, you're still going to get a no-shows every now and again. So generally, I like to wait for five minutes, give a grace period. It's very regular. People show up five minutes later to a meeting, as Chris said. Um, and then I'll send them an email to say, hey, here's the link to join, ready when you are. And then in 10 minutes, you know, I'll typically give them a quick phone call on the phone. And then I'll just keep the meeting open on the on the right there uh, on of my computer. And around 25 minutes, I'll send an email. And generally, I'll just say, um, "Hey, uh, we didn't get to connect." And I don't try and rebook that meeting because often, if they've no showed you, that's a that's a sign. If they really want it, they'll come get it. So I don't often go, "Hey, do you want to reschedule? We'll try again." Because frankly, like you said, it, it's a lack of etiquette there. If they've completely no showed you, goes to you with no excuse. So I just generally send an email saying, "Hey." Um, Shame we didn't get to connect today and leave it at that. And if they want it, they'll come get it generally. Um, so email, five minutes, phone call, 10 minutes, 25 minutes in, I'm going to send them a quick email, which just says goodbye, basically. And if they want to come back, they will generally come back around. I think that's actually, it's a very respectful way of, of responding to something that, you know, to somebody who's not shown you the respect to get in touch and be like, hey, I'm actually not going to be around or, you know, something like that. So um, Tyler, is it a, a similar story for you? But do you have a slightly different process? Yeah, I mean, I, like, obviously what Allison and Chris was saying, are, I think that's the most important part, right? Like, people show up, like, they say yes to it because they're interested, right? But they show up because they're excited. So, you know, that's in that initial kind of booking, um, which can be really challenging, especially as we do, you know, everybody wants the inbound lead, the inbound. That can be hard because your marketing message is never going to do that like your, your marketing message will always get them interested right it'll always get them to say like wow that could be something i have this problem you know that could be a solution to it etc but that's only you know lukewarm at best right so getting them excited that's kind of where the sales you know person comes in so either sdr um, salesperson whatever it is like you need to be contacting them and having a good warm-up conversation sometimes that would be qualifiers and the other but yeah for me like if you know if they're not on, if my, my uh, meeting's at 10 and they're not on at 10, like I've already connected with them on LinkedIn. I've got their cell phone because of the way I booked it. I'm shooting them a text. I'm shooting them in, in mail. Just, hey, just want to confirm we're still on. You know, something, you know, quick like that. Um, and then kind of, you know, I'm definitely a little different than Will. Like if they're not there, um, I, I send them an email. Hey, let me know if you want to reschedule. If I don't hear anything, you know. I will call, <laughs> I will stock them until I get them on the phone. And I, and I do that just because, like, you know, if, if I w put my time and effort into booking that meeting in the first place, they were they were qualified. I, I think there's a good fit there. And I'm confident that once I get them on, I, I can demonstrate that value. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's like at the time of the meeting, they get a quick text or in mail, whatever. Um, and then, you know, if I don't see them in there, usually about five to 10 minutes, then I send them a quick email of like, Hey, uh, assume something came up. Let me know, you know, a better time that works for you. And then I leave the ball in their court for a reasonable amount of time, um, before I start my salesmanship kind of, uh, <laughs> over the top, uh, reach, you know, reach backs. <laughs> so as, as you were saying, that, I realized, um, 
we had a we did a webinar a little while ago it's about a month ago um all about social selling tyler i think you're actually part of that mm -hmm. and um something just popped up on linkedin today and it was on this very topic of ghosting and that sort of thing and um it was will holden um yep. he had in response to um someone not showing up he's he's got these um gifts that he makes of people holding up whiteboards and says hey you ghosted what's going on and they sends a little gift which is friendly message like that and there were lots of people who sort of jumped on it and going yeah, I don't think this is the, the correct way of doing that. But it, to me, it seems like that's much more personal, much more friendly, you know, just a better approach of sort of, you know, attempting to, to get rescheduling in. Um, I, I suppose, is that an example of something that Alison was saying of changing, adapting your approach for the younger buyers, the younger decision makers, do you think? So I think I'll, I'll go back to uh, Tyler just for for that. One. Oh, yeah. I mean, I sorry, I didn't make that clear. <laughs> oh no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. Like I, you know, I'm a big fan of obviously multiple um, approaches into how we kind of reach out and engage because you do have to meet people on their level, um, you know, to to some extent. So, and I don't know that that's necessarily age dependent because I think you know some of the some of the younger you know buyers are going to have. Um, I think the message you need to be quicker, more actionable, right? Whereas uh, you give me, you know, a CEO that's maybe a bit older, CFO, something like that. I think they're they're going to appreciate more the novelty of something uh, like that. And by the way, I do recommend uh, this Gypsy does. They're they're awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, like that's what that you know outreach is for. And HubSpot used to put out, you know, some years ago. They may still do it. But like those kind of oh you ghosted the, the picture of the skeleton and all of these things which now have been utilized to death across you know sales teams but there was there was a purpose to it it's that you know what can you do in reaching out to get noticed and that's the same as booking the meeting in the first place or getting back a hold of somebody you know when they didn't show up and I, and I think yeah taking multiple different approaches. Um, but not giving up, I guess would be, is kind of what my point was, is like, if I spoke to them, booked in time and I committed to them, like, I'm going to keep that commitment <laughs> of, uh, of, you know, if, obviously if they say, Hey, I've given it some thought, not right for me. Great. I'm, I will take that no more graceful than any other salesperson. But until I make that contact, um, I, I'm going to use multiple different approaches. And I, and I do love the gifs, by the way, I think they're, you know, anything that gets noticed. Um, I've even seen, I, I'll say this real quick, because this, this one, so my two favorite for me being targeted as a DM, uh, I had somebody on LinkedIn do like at Tyler Witt, and then, hey, I thought we had a meeting today. So put me on blast on LinkedIn. And uh, I appreciated it simply because of the sales. I don't think it'll work for a lot of people, but that, <laughs> and then I literally had an email one time and the subject line was like, are you really that damn busy? <laughs> that was the subject line to me after I, I cause I, something came up uh, with one of my dogs, but uh, those are probably examples of maybe too aggressive <laughs> on the other side, but <laughs> they did get noticed. And that to me is the big thing is when they don't show up is how do you get noticed to get a response? Because that's, mm. that's the real name of the game. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps you're right. Yeah. Slightly too direct with that one, but I, I, I you got to appreciate the, just the, yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, Chris, we'll, we'll come to you for the next one. Should no-show rates be tracked? Yeah, well, without doubt, but um, but for all the right reasons. Can I just pick up on a couple of points that we just talked about there, just very, Please, very quickly? Because uh, there's a couple of things that popped up. I mean, the, the word respect popped up, and, and you said you're coming up 
for 30. I, I've, I've actually been selling for more than 30 years now. And um, um, nobody respected us 30 years ago. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I keep seeing posts on LinkedIn that say, um, oh, my guy's trying to make this phone call and, the, and, and this guy gave him a really hard time. Don't you know we've got a job to do? And it's just like we've all been stuck on a phone with a salesperson who we didn't want to talk to who we couldn't get rid of. You know, it's and you, you, your um, your love for humanity goes out of the window when that's gone on too long. So I I, I think I think um, I think the respect thing. In, you mentioned my book selling with these earlier on, and it, it, there's there's four ways that we overcome objections in that book, and one of them we, we call them dams, and the M stands for misunderstanding, and um, and I just take it, you know, there's there's been there's been a problem, there's been an, a misunderstanding. You didn't turn up. I tried to chase you. And with misunderstandings, the way to handle misunderstandings is is to understand that nobody likes to be told they've got an ugly baby. You know, even people with ugly babies don't like to be told they've got ugly babies. And so you you, you take the blame and you re-explain. The, the email is, I'm sorry we missed each other today. Uh, I don't know how that could have happened. Listen, um, I, I left you a message. You clearly didn't get it, but let's 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 get back together again. You know, and and I th I think if you take the blame and re-explain and, and just there comes a point, sorry, and I'm going to be really brief about this, but there's a story I tell about a blue whale. Blue whale t needs two million krill to eat, right? And if it eats less than that, it doesn't have the energy to open its mouth. And if it, if uh, so the energy it takes on isn't enough energy to open its mouth again. It can't eat when it gets to the big feeding ground. It starves to death and it sinks to the bottom of the sea and rots, yeah? So one of our big prospecting lines is you only open your mouth to the opportunities that will feed you. You don't, you, so you, you don't go chasing things that, that are never going to feed you. you. You've got to know when to have a blue whale reset. I get that. But at the same time, you know, take the blame, re-explain, and, and, and move forward with that. And, and as, by the way, maybe it's a UK-US thing, but um, I come back to Alison's dating thing. If, 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 if you got stood up in a date, and then on Saturday morning you, you, know, you went to the postbox and there's a picture of your date, in, in an envelope going, you ghosted me, you'd be really freaked. <laughs> Just as a pointer, right? But anyway, but <laughs> your, your question, um, process. Um, yeah, I think it should be counted because there's something going wrong with the customer attraction mm -hmm. side leading up to the meeting coming off the qualification. I think I, the, the people that don't count it have a lot of sales meetings going where they go, yeah, we booked loads of meetings, but nobody turned up. How many sales have we made? Oh, we all got stood up. Oh, no, what are we going to do? And so it's a sales manager's job to say, you got stood up by everybody today? Jeez, wow, how did that happen? You know, Let's have a look at the process leading up to that. And, and that's why it should, be, it should be counted for coaching purposes, not for disciplinary purposes, because you know, there's culpability and capability. Culpability is uh, I can't be bothered. Capability is I can't do it. And if 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 you're giving me all the tools and I still can't do it, I, I need I need my sales manager to coach me. So it's there's something wrong there. That's, sorry, I, I extended my time there. But I just, uh, so much to say. <laughs> no, you're absolutely fine. I'm more than happy just to wind you up and watch you go, Chris. There's no problem at all. So, uh, so uh, thank you very much for the picture I got in the post of you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got it. Okay, I, I was there for ages. You know, I, say, yeah. uh, I mean. Chris, I really, really enjoyed your your, your analogy of your story of the, the blue world there. Alison, you mentioned you had a story to tell us about 
a time that you wish you had not shown up to me? Do you want to just regale us with that one? Uh, well, actually, it fits into that KPI's perspective of the no-shows. And exactly as Chris says, it's not for disciplinary, but something in the process is not going correctly. If everybody's no-showing and it's to do with how you're making those appointments, are you really, you know, are you getting them excited? Are you getting the need? And we, um, I'm not naming the names, but it's it's a CRM company, right? And we've got a CRM, we use it, it's all through our funneling and everything else. And But we junk a lot. So we did have a need that we would have this appointment. So I thought, right, okay, we'll really, you know, give this person the time of day. And it was just, it was such a bad demo. I mean, the demo came before the fact find came. It hadn't been qualified on how much we spend. And like then he wanted the second call. And honestly, like I, I wouldn't ghost because again, I think as a salesperson, you know how um how that affects your morale and how hard it is when that's happening to you. So I think we, we tend to, to give people specifically in sales that, you know, it I just that that space to, to do their job, but whether we want their, their product or service or not. I mean, they do say that salespeople are the easiest people to sell to. But in the second call, I didn't like literally and that's where again if you look another sort of sign to this isn't even just the no-show it's that maybe you've been dealing with the decision maker and then the second one the decision maker doesn't attend and an influencer does and that's another sign that the appointments haven't been set correctly and you know at the end and he came and he said the price and it was something like six thousand percent more than we were spending <laughs> currently but if you'd have qualified that at the beginning then we wouldn't have wasted that time and I think to me, the reason that those appointments were set were to tick the box for the KPIs. But ultimately, you're just kidding yourself. You're wasting your own time because you're never going to convert. And ultimately, the job, you know, the title is in the name. It's about making sales. And we know that those little parts of the KPIs actually lead to that. But if you're just ticking KPI boxes without having great qualifications, you are going to have no shows. You're going to have decision makers that pass to influencers because it's a waste of their time. And, you know, that that's what that feeds through from. But I think I see that, you know, it does happen a lot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely appreciate your point. There's a really good one about the sort of KPIs, that sort of thing. Yeah. We we have had uh, an audience question come in. And Will, I'm going to direct this one to you, if that's all right. So the question is, we normally speak or check in with candidates before meetings. Is that still recommended as best practice? Sometimes too much contact causes no shows and we don't want to scare them off. So it sounds like we're talking to we're talking about recruiter here, but I'm going to apply the lesson to sales. It's been a while since I was a recruiter. Um, yeah, I, I think you don't want to overdo it. Um, like we mentioned earlier, there's meeting reminders that you can send out, and you don't want to send out ten because they're just going to become annoying at some point. Um, generally, my process pre-meeting will be meeting gets booked by myself or maybe someone on my SDR team. Uh, that's cold call or or an SDR's booked or it's come inbound. Generally, the first thing you want to do is send out a recap email, say this is what I heard. This is what we agreed to. This is the next step. This is when it's happening, and this is the agenda. Then the meeting invite goes out. Um, a big indicator of me is when people don't accept that invite. That's a big red flag. Uh, so what I'll often do if I see they haven't accepted that, I'll just add the words, please confirm to the start and send up the update to everyone. Um, and then between the meeting happening um, and when it gets booked, I like to send them a quick video um, just explaining going over the agenda again but also for the same reasons that we mentioned earlier. Why are people no-showing these days? Because there's no emotional consequence with showing up a stranger in some cases. Uh, so I send a video, introduce myself, set that agenda again, make sure there's clear value for them so they know exactly why they are showing up, offer them to edit that agenda in any way, um, and then there's just auto-reminders. 
For a candidate, if I was a recruiter, I might want to prep them if I was at agency side. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't see a need to change the process from that what I just mentioned, um, which is meeting booked, step in between a video or an email just reconfirming or even a call, and then the standard uh, reminders that go out by most mm. automated systems these days. And so, yeah, so that amount of content, hopefully, content, sorry, that amount of content hopefully doesn't scare people away. But uh, <laughs> um, Guys, has anyone got any more on that one? Um, checking in with candidates before meetings. Uh, can I jump in that? Because, I, again, I don't come from a recruitment background, but I know that there has, well, from the statistics that I've seen, there's been a lot of candidates not turning up for interviews or not doing that. And I think, again, it's a lot of that is that fact find on why they're looking to change the job. You know, what's the likelihood? What would happen if their current employer were to offer them? You know, what would be the process during that? You know, if, if they were offered and weren't going to turn up, what would they think would be a good process to contact the recruiter or to come? You know, I think, again, a lot of that is, is you know, it's the qualification, but in good fact find questions so that somebody would feel comfortable to say, you know what, I've been offered something else or I've been offered another 10 grand at my current job or I've been done that and I think again you know ultimately sales and recruitment you know people buy people so if you've got that really good relationship with the person that you are actually placing or if you've got a great relationship with the the employer or whatever it is then they're more likely to be able to just have that conversation and tell you what's going on and be honest. And, you know, it's been really interesting, you know, with, with the ghost and not turning up. Honestly, I think that people have to just women up and be honest. <laughs> so many people are just, you know, they're scared. And they're, I think a lot of the reason that the, the ghosting is fear, fear of being sold to, fear of being, you know, a, you know, people moving into objection handling and I bet we can do this, I bet we can do that. And again, I think a lot of that comes back to the, you know, traditionally sales gets a bad name and it gets a bad name because it's done by people who do not actually know how to sell. And that's, yeah. you know, that, that affects us all. It's a historical thing. So, and again, if you look at a, a younger buyer, I'm not, you know, I, 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 same as Chris, like I, I think I've been selling for 30 years. And I think that a lot of that comes from, Again, a lot of younger people haven't had the same interaction face to face. A lot of them, you know, the phone is just for texting or SMSing or, you know, it's not actually for having those conversations. So when it comes to having to have a difficult conversation, a lot of the time, you know, they've never been exposed to that. So that when it comes to saying, oh, I'm not going to turn up for this. Yes, sometimes people are rude and they're just they're not they've not got manners. And again, you know, I think a lot of that is uh, as, as it comes through, like we were talking about this today, and even in my business, when I started in 2014, some of the standards were like my team weren't allowed to have facial piercings, they weren't allowed to have tattoos on show because it reflected on the company. Now, I just think again, things have evolved, the way people deal has evolved. The you know, it, I think it is acceptable to eat your burrito at lunch. I think that it has changed and. And I think fighting against change doesn't do you any good. So I think if you look 
you know, what is acceptable. But I think that standard of actually, you know, you know, just say no, you know, just turn around, don't ghost people, just say it's not, you know, this is not my cup of tea. Thank you so much for your time. And then that that honesty allows salespeople to move on because I think until you get that no, people cling on to false hopes that mm. I'll just put that on my figures, I'll just do that. And they're clinging on to something that will never happen. And, you know, the way that we tend to do this and, you know, I'm selling every day as well. So I'm speaking at events and we're getting leads coming in. And, you know, I, again, come back to that respect. I, I sold Yellow Pages for 15 years. There was no Internet. It was the only place that people got leads. And they still treated me like a piece of dirt on the bottom of their shoe. And I'm like, what? If these leads, you wouldn't have a business. Treat me with respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. And it never came. You know, you have to generate your own respect. So um, for me, we do like to get to get to that point, really to test that intention. I call it the Kenny Rogers, the gambler strategy. you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away and know when to run. So when we've tried all the angles, tried the calls, just like literally it's not happening. We send them the quick email. You know, thank you so much. This has happened. You've got three options. Option one is. Uh, you know, that you've found somebody for your event and you don't need a speaker. Option two is, you know, you still are interested. When do you want to book a call? Option three is that the event is cancelled. So, again, I do feel that people should, if they were just more honest at the start and womaned up, it would make our life a lot easier. But they don't because their time is more precious than anybody else's. And you can never get that. You know, you've got to gain respect. People don't just dish it out like, you know, the McDonald's happy toy. <laughs> um a couple of points to pick up on that one one i've only ever heard one other person use the phrase woman up and that's my mum so you get mad respect from me for that Alison. <laughs> two um amazing musical renditions i think we'll all agree um but no absolutely it, it does come back to yeah it just seems to be a cultural sort of lack of manners and and you know sometimes no is a difficult word to say to people but i just think not even as as a salesperson or in business anything as an adult you just have to be okay we're going do you know what this time no that and and that's that's just the answer so yeah guys this has been a an absolutely fantastic discussion and i'm gonna have to challenge you now because you've all given so much valuable input into this so the big final question is if there's one key takeaway that you'd want everybody watching here and everybody's going to watch this in the future on catch up, uh, what is the one key thing you want them to take away from this? Tyler, let's start with you. Oh, I got to go first. Uh, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, I, look, the number one thing I, I, you know, I think everybody said it, but I, you know, Chris and Allison put it for all is like, it's, it's the coaching. It's on you. If somebody didn't show up, like it comes down and that's, that's what you have to own, I guess. So keep it as one thing is like, if people don't show up, it's on you. So on the KPI thing, I, I remember I'd worked for a couple of SaaS companies and we ran about a 50% show rate. So we did volume 50% came to lead forensics. We now coach for an 85, 90% show rate. Like that's what our KPI is. Um, again, because we have lead forensics, so there are really good leads. So it always starts with the leads, but the other side of it is it's the training. It's the salesperson. It's, you know, and that's what you have to own. So it's easy a lot. One thing I, I wanted to add was basically it's just it's easy a lot to say, yep, things have changed. Yep, people are different. Yep, Zoom, um, fatigue, this, that, and the other, buyer behavior, this, that, and the other. There's all of these reasons. But at the end of the day, 
If people don't buy, if people don't show up, it's the salesperson. It's something you did in your process. And, and the moment you own that, right, then you can start making changes and you can improve upon it. So that to me is, you know, um, and, and more than happy, you know, to anybody that wants to reach out, ask follow up, more than happy to kind of give you some of my tips and tricks along that. But my one thing is own it. It's not because everything's changed. It's not because Zoom fatigue. It's not this, that, and the other. It's nothing. It's just because people don't want to show up to your demo and your demo, not your company's demo, not your product, your appointment. Um, so my one thing is own it. Accountability. That's something that we spoke about a lot in our, our previous webinar as well, Tyler. So you know, yeah, that's yeah. excellent point there. Uh, Jedi Master Will, let's come to you for your final takeaway. Yeah, uh, I kind of alluded to earlier. Um, but while working at Proposify, our inbound hold rate was 70%. We implemented one thing into our process, and that was sending that video along between when the meeting gets booked and when it actually gets held, which it just affirms the agenda, puts a face to the name of whoever's holding the meeting. If you booked it by a cold call, email, or an SDR booked it, they still haven't seen what you look like. Um, send a 30-second uh, video setting the agenda and offering up the opportunity for them to adjust that agenda. And that one thing improved our hold rate by 20%. So I'd highly recommend people jump on whatever video platform you use and shoot off that video because it is a, uh, a much more, let them know you and that will make it harder for them to not show up on you. I think this is a, it's an excellent point you make because uh, we, we have this, uh, so I, I make videos for forensics as well and we were talking about YouTube thumbnails and the discussion came up that actually I think you are so much more likely to click on a video if there is a person, if you can see someone, that's it. That's exactly it. If you got the money maker, you know, in the <laughs> shot. I th so I think a video is, is an excellent way of, uh, of getting that sort of initial, you know, it's sort of a, it's a minor one, but an emotional connection. I think you're absolutely right. Will. it's a fantastic point. And I think that's, that's a great thing to implement in your, uh, in your communications. Uh, Chris, if I can challenge you to keep to one, one key takeaway. Absolutely. And it's something that uh, Will mentioned a little while ago and you just put, touched on as well. It's the emotion thing. Okay. It's, um, you know, doctors have no shows, but ill people turn up. And, um, and, and, and when you realize, you know, people with bleeding necks show up to, um, to bandage demos, you know, it's, it, it, it there, there are, there are, ways of connecting and making sure that the reason that somebody it's customer attraction techniques we talk, talk about a lot in our, in our business development masterclasses but the bringing people towards you rather than selling at and then recognizing the blue whale uh, is this worth opening my mouth for and, and if you've got those two things aligned everything will work out for you it, again it, it's, it is a fantastic analogy i really really do enjoy that one Alison. then the final point, the final takeaway of the of the webinar then, what, what have you got for us? So sales is all about having a growth mindset. And when somebody doesn't turn up, we cannot help but take that rejection personally. They don't like us. They don't want us. And it puts us into that fear mode. And when we're in that fear mode, we see things through a negative eyes. Oh, the customer's an idiot. Oh, our product's obvious. Oh, the SDR didn't set the appointment right. And we're looking for somebody to blame. But actually, when somebody doesn't turn up, you should be going... Hallelujah, because actually that means there is something that I can learn and every single day is a school day, whether it's not been qualified right, whether you've not followed the process correctly, whether you've not done it, you should welcome the fact that there are new things that you can learn to improve your performance using a growth mindset. Mm. 
Absolutely. And I think, yeah, if you mentioned about being in that sort of taking the rejection personally and feeling that sort of discomfort, I, I saw a thing the other day saying that growth only happens in your when you're outside your comfort zone. So I, I think that they're all all of your points have been fantastic and salient, guys. So um, thank you ever so much for joining me uh, to discuss um, turning no shows into sales. Uh, thank you to everybody who showed up to the um, to the webinar. Uh, the the panel's contact information are on the screen for you now. If you want to check out what they're all about on LinkedIn, um, and yeah, I, I hopefully we'll uh, have you all on again for uh, for another panel. Thank you all so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Thanks Pleasure. for having us. Uh, thank you so much. Okay. Bye.